Hi, it's time to chat. It's Pam, and I am chatting with you today about a few things of interest. Uh, Frances Perkins, have you heard of this woman? I want to talk to you about her and what uh, she has meant to the country in the past. I want to talk about Columbus, Ohio, and maybe not for the reasons you think. Not totally, anyway. Maybe a little bit. And I want to talk about the Dream City Church with locations in Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona. So let's get to it. Let's talk. Um, as we continue to see, uh, you know, COVID-19 spiking all over the place in Arizona and Florida, of course. But uh, Trump is going into safety, safety land where he will be among friends. Um, he will be talking to students for Trump. In Arizona. I'm not sure that he ever steps into scary places to talk to people where it's really not comfortable, where you may have to answer hard questions. I think all of us at some point in our life do things that, that uh, make us uncomfortable. They scare us. Um, it could be, uh, I know I was looking for a, 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 a went on a job interview one time in, and um, it was a it was a scary it was a scary interview because I wasn't sure if I was the proper candidate for it, and so you don't have that kind of confidence. I ended up getting the job, and I I was, but it was scary. And I think you're, when you're a kid and you're five years old and it's the first day of school and you have to leave your mom. I didn't go to daycare. <laughs> um, I didn't have babysitters and things like that. So I was with my mom. My mom didn't work. So things like this are scary from the time you're very, very young. But I don't think Trump ever steps into anything that scares him or makes him uncomfortable, should I say. And that's too bad because um, he should. He should right now. But anyway, this church, Dream City Church, uh, is making these outlandish claims about covid about their church being 99.9% COVID-free because of the filtering system they have in their church. First of all, that leaves a tiny little percentage, doesn't it? I don't think you can make a claim like that about something like this. And um, so I hope I, I, uh, I hope they are legally prepared for any ramifications that may come from that. But they're getting a lot of PR about it, and I'm sure it will help their church. It's what everything is about anymore, is, is uh, pushing your your narrative, whatever that may be. So we'll see how, how uh, the rally goes for him today, since he will be in the arms of those who love him, and he can recover from his walk of shame from Tulsa. Let's talk about Columbus, Ohio. Columbus is um, feeling they're they're in the news right now for a lot of a lot of things. Uh, one was a, a protest that did not end well for a double double amputee. That's not what I'm going to talk about, but that's a very bad story. If you want to look that up, it's very easy to find what happened to this individual there in Columbus. Gary now lived in Columbus, Ohio for a short time, uh, and uh, I will say that. Columbus has great food, and there's a store that uh, started in Columbus in 2000. We were we moved to Columbus in 2005. It's called Giant Eagle, and I found great food there. We found great food at restaurants when we were there in Columbus. 
what I didn't realize that the, now I will say this: people in Columbus can also be very rude, and they, and they were. If you were, it's very clannish, very clickish, should I say? Uh, so you may may not find it to be warm and fuzzy um, necessarily. Some parts of it, yeah, uh, but mainly people that are also from other places. So we found it to be um, to be an interesting and to be an interesting place. What's going on in Columbus right now is Columbus is named after Christopher Columbus. It is the capital city of Ohio, and there's a giant statue of Christopher Columbus that many want to come down, and they want to go a little bit farther with that because they want to rename the city. Uh, that probably really won't go anywhere, uh, but. The interesting part is they want to name it Flavortown. They want to rename it Flavortown because I didn't know this guy, Fioratti, is was born in Columbus, Ohio. Now, the, the tie between Guy and great food and everything in Columbus, Columbus has so many little weird, interesting ties. It's sitting right there in the middle of this little state. Columbus, uh, Ohio is a small state. And if you go one way, you're going to hit Lake Erie, you go another, you're, you're going to hit a, a variety of states for it to be so small. But they have a lot of headquarters there. DSW, I've talked about that before, their headquarters. Many headquarters of corporations are in Columbus, Ohio. But I did not know when we lived there that it is also, for a long time, it has been a test kitchen, as it were. Restaurants, Starbucks, Wendy's, Tim Horton, many, those were just, that's just the tip of the iceberg, have used Columbus uh, as a test. So when you go into restaurants, for example, Starbucks will try out new coffees there. Tim Horton did. They tried out a new coffee there. Wendy's uh, tried out, and they, I believe they launched these burgers in um Miami, but they were, when you drilled down, they were actually tested on people in Columbus, Ohio, and there's a lot of that. Not as much, not quite as much, but it, it still is going on because they feel like people in Columbus, Ohio are a representative of many people in the country. Now, what they have decided is there's more to the, the world in the United States of, of dining. And so um, the practices that they've used for testing foods uh, is now not necessarily specific to people that, that live in Columbus, Ohio. Um, what you can find in Columbus, it really and truly great, great food at restaurants and, and in stores. Now, also, there, there are things you cannot find in Columbus, Ohio, when you move there, that, that you may want. But they want to name it um, Flavortown because that apparently is a catchphrase that Guy Fieri uses. Now, I have heard that Guy, although he looks like an oh shucks kind of guy, um, if, when he goes to these places around the country, diners, drive-ins, and dives, he's uh, he can be very arrogant. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying that. That's what I've read. Now, Carnival has uh, on board their ships, uh, I don't know if all of them, but some of their ships, they have his hamburger place. And I will say, on the ship, the fries are delicious. Gary and I do not eat moo. We don't eat cow. 
So I can't, can't talk about the uh, hamburgers. But anyway, I, I found that to be very interesting that there's this tie between food testing and Guy and Columbus. So there's just so much stuff uh, going on out there that, that you just really don't, you really don't know. Um, I never thought that the people of Columbus represented a cross-section of the United States. I, I never thought that. Never crossed my mind. So we'll see what happens. But right now I want to talk about Francis Perkins. I'm very interested in this election because hopefully we will have a woman vice president in the very near future. And and I hope that it will be Kamala. I'm going to come out and say that. I'm a big, big fan of hers. Yeah, there are issues there. I'm well aware of that. But But let's just rewind way, way back to the very first woman who served in the U.S. cabinet. And she was appointed Secretary of Labor, are you ready for this, in 1933 by FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And she stuck with him. She was only one of two. She and the interior uh, Secretary of Interior, the only two that stuck with him through his entire presidency. Now, what is important about her is much, much more than her gender. That would be a disservice to her. She lived, uh, she was born in the late 1800s, uh, uh, 1880, I think, and she passed away in 1965. They don't teach her in school. I never heard about her in school, but they should. Because she was instrumental in launching many of the New Deal operatives. If you don't know what the New Deal is, if you have forgotten from uh, from your days in school, uh, look it up because a lot of things happened. This was to help. It was FDR's way of helping get things back on track uh, in the aftermath and during the years of the Great Depression. And many of these things continue to this day, such as Social Security. She was uh, instrumental in launching these things. She helped craft uh, child uh, child labor laws against child labor, which is huge. She was instrumental in establishing minimum wage and overtime. If you if you look her up. Her her history there is is quite rich. She was very educated. She had both her bachelor's and her master's. Think about that in 1933. That was that was kind of a of a special deal. She worked a lot with or or was uh, instrumental in the uh, PWA, the Public Works Administration. This is where they brought in skilled labor. Uh, now, that's different from the WPA, the WPA, which was also huge. Uh, they brought in, they worked with unskilled workers, trying to help them have a better life, be paid, you know, help, help through the through the uh, Depression years and, and post that. Uh, but the, the PWA did things like build bridges, dams, things like that. Uh, she was uh, a part of welfare for the very poorest Americans, and which was which, which was so needed. And I just I have to wonder if our current president has any knowledge of of programs that really helped at a time when people needed it so desperately, like FDR did. 
uh, like Francis Perkins. So let's hold, because people need help right now is why I bring that up. People need help. (laughs) Jobs, uh, I heard just yesterday, of course, as, as not unexpected, foreclosures, here we go. You know, foreclosures are beginning to happen. So I I miss great leaders, even if they were, you know, dead. You know, we would they we didn't really remember them because it was before our time. They did things that really are still with us, that help us, and I would like very much to see that's too late. It's too late in this administration. But look up Francis Perkins. Uh, check out what's going on in Columbus, Ohio. Will they change the name? to Flavortown. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if they will. Tomorrow we expect the first signs of the great sandstorm coming over from the Sahara. I want to talk sometime this week about um, the Viewmaster. There's something I didn't know about the Viewmaster. So stay with me as I find these these little tidbits to, to uh, get us through this. And Gary and I have some things we're going to do today. I hope that you will listen to my other podcast. My Father's Tales, only 15 of those. I hope you will visit us on YouTube. We're getting some uptick there, so check us out there. NorthPalmBeachLife.com as well as our website. Thanks for being here. Gary and I appreciate it very much. Stay with us.